On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had the absolute pleasure of talking to Shane Boudreau from Lumber Union. Shane has exited uh, anywhere from six to eight companies, I wasn't exactly sure, um, and he's been in all sorts of industries, and now he's in apparel, and uh, and really getting a hang of e-commerce, uh, and what Lumber Union is doing is, um, is really, really incredible for the fashion industry. Um, one of the biggest pollutants uh, in the world is fashion. Um, and so seeing what Shane is doing at Lumber Union and um, sort of their growth uh, that they've been on and, and what they're um, going to do uh, for the industry is uh, is incredible. Um, we, we talked for a long time because Shane just has so much knowledge uh, and wisdom when it comes to business. You guys are not going to want to miss this episode. Before we begin, I wanted to let you know something super exciting. We have rebranded our podcast to be the Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand Podcast. We're so excited about this because we want to bring you the most amazing content when it comes to your e-commerce business. We want to help you scale. All of that being said, we have an amazing resource that we want to share with you. It's calculators, marketing calculators to figure out how much you can afford to spend on your marketing. We've got three different calculators on the website. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash marketing dash calculator. Now, on to today's episode. All right, I'm here with Shane Boudreau from Lumber Union. Shane, welcome to Secrets of Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thank you, Jordan. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're essentially neighbors here, you know, besides a, a little border that's uh, in the way. You're, you know, down by Seattle. I'm just outside of Vancouver. And, you know, we can make this work, man. We can make this work. <laughs> Absolutely. Shane, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you're up to these days. Uh, so recently I came on as a CF or a CEO at Lumber Union and started uh, in early 18 as a CFO. Uh, as far as background, I have started, she's uh, what about nine or 10 companies now. Uh, I love to hear that. That's I great. love it. It's a big <laughs> uh, I've had, Six exits, a uh, couple of them very profitable. Uh, the my uh, one was developing a uh, program that predicted the high and low swings of the U.S. market. It was a uh, machine learning algorithm. Oh, cool, cool! That's awesome. Was, that sounds like a really cool. interesting, <laughs> really interesting software. <laughs> yeah, it was really. I mean, we were coming in right around thirty uh, percent year over year. Wow. So it was, it was a very profitable one. It would tell you when to get in, when to get out uh, within a margin of error. Uh, and needless to say, it was uh, swooped in and picked up really fast. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> by, by, by one of the big boys or? Uh, I, yeah, I can't go into details, but yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Right, right before this, we were actually just talking all about NDAs and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk yeah, about what we other. can talk about on this podcast. Uh, well, I'm super interested to hear what's going on with uh, Lumber Union and, and sort of the, the growth trajectory um, with Lumber Union. Tell us a little bit about the company. Uh, yeah, so we, the company actually started back in uh, 2015. Okay. Um, it was just kind of a screening company. Uh, you know, they would they'd buy blanks, uh, screen them, put the logo on them, and obviously sell them. Uh, started out kind of uh, some pop-ups with brick and mortar, uh, still with the push for e-com, uh, just wasn't fine fine-tuned yet, I guess. Uh, they had some learning curve, uh, but the whole point and purpose of it was really to change how apparel was made. 
uh, apparel has always been very dirty. Uh, I mean, it's horrible for the environment. It's tied for first for the, the worst polluter in the world. And what's the uh, reason for that? Like, like, where does all this pollution come from? And I'm asking you as though I don't know, but like for, for people who, who, who are out there, like, wh- wh- like in what part of the process is, is the pollution um, that it's so bad? Uh, we'll just say yes. Yeah. Across okay. so like in the I dying. Mean, it's toxic dying. It's uh, the treatment that goes on, on the, the uh, actual cotton itself or, you know, I'm wearing one of our tri-blends. Uh, it, the entire process is just bad. And then at the end of the road, like let's say uh, the fast fashion is, is the absolute worst. Of course. Uh, yeah. there, there's several companies that, I mean, everyone would know uh, that at the end of the year, they throw away over $3 billion in apparel. Didn't sell, doesn't matter. So it goes in landfill, rain hits that, all the toxicity from the dyes and all the treatments and all the everything gets seeped back into the ground. And it's just a, a process that just goes over and over and over. It's not like a one-off. It's not like, okay, well, we sprayed it with this, uh, you know, to, to protect the fabric and make it last longer. Uh, so now we're good to go. And we're never going to, you, you know, it's never going to pollute again, you know, because that you can fine tune and then you can kind of uh, filter out what's, what's need to be. Uh, so that you do have a, a better environment. It doesn't work. crazy. So, so these companies, I'm, I'm guessing it's like letter and letter kind of names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they'll actually take the leftover stock and instead of trying to discount it or sell it or come up with some sort of creative way, they'll donate actually, it. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> donate it to people who don't have clothes. They'll actually yeah. just get rid of it. That is. Lampin. That is crazy. Now you, you guys have something super interesting because I've, I like, as you know, and, and as our listeners know, who've listened to this for any amount of time, I also run a, a sort of mid seven figures clothing company, hopefully eight next year. It's our goal. Um, uh, and, and we have super creative ways of getting, um, getting rid of stock. Right. And, um, and, and I think it's good. We're and nowhere at that sort of level where we need to get rid of $3 billion worth of clothing, but what what have you guys done? I'm really interested to to hear um, how you protect your brand, and also are able um, to not just throw away all of your stock. How, how do you do that? So, originally the whole point and purpose was for us to sell on Amazon. We didn't want the inventory. You ship it to them, it sits on there, and it goes out. Well, during COVID, everything changed. Uh, they left the push for for apparel and went for the quote unquote essentials. You know, it was the toilet paper, it was the hand sanitizer, it was things that were, you know, all the cleaning supplies, things that were what they felt was necessary and everything else kind of went the way. I mean, they closed down all their beta programs, everything. So we had to figure out another way. Uh, Because if it sits there, I don't know if you guys sell on Amazon, but if it sits there, you incur absurd fees. I mean, it's a lot of fees. Uh, So we, you know, looked around, I made some phone calls, uh, called a lot of e-com distributors and nothing, you know, it was, it was nothing. So just started beating the pavement, found a, a guy uh, who was a kind of high level executive at Zului. Reach out, no, okay, so you call the next person, the next person, and uh, persistence is key. Yeah. We finally got on there. Uh, they started doing some uh, great promotions with us, uh, helped us get product moving again. Uh, we had around a 768% uh, plus or minus increase in sales during the same time of last year. Wow. Uh, it's wow. just push, 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 keep driving. 
There's always a way, you just have to find it. Even in this kind of market, I mean, you think about any large company that, that comes to mind came out of adversity. You know, I don't care if you're talking about Amazon or Google or any of them. There's yeah. always that downturn where your big competitors get knocked off. They can't do it anymore. They don't have the agility to just keep, keep fighting, keep pushing, yeah. find something to do. You know, they're all stuck in their ways. Well, this is how we've always done it. Well, that's the killer in business. Nobody cares how you've always done it. Figure it out, do better, do more, and you'll get there. Yeah. It's just, you gotta keep going. Uh, so we, like I said, we went on Zulele. Uh, it's been going well. Uh, we had some old apparel that we've recently put up uh, to make it a lower price point for their demographic. Their demographics, not the same as Amazon. They understand that it's not a two day shipping. It's a longer term. It's you know a week or two before you actually get your apparel. Uh, and the, the kind of trade off to that is they expect a deal. They want a good deal. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, They're not, you can't have everything, right? When yeah. You're buying. And the, the majority of our apparel is made in America, American cotton. It's, we call it farm to hanger. Cool. It's, cool. it's here. You know, we want to use the organic dyes. Uh, all the manufacturing plants that we work with are fair wages. And uh, most of them have uh, renewable energy sources and all that kind of stuff. We, we do the legwork, but it costs money. I mean, you're in the apparel industry. You understand yeah. that, you know. If you we want, need to, exactly. we need to have a, an offline chat afterwards because I, I need some contacts because that sound <laughs> I didn't Absolutely. even really, like I I, I kind of forgot that because in Canada we have like one mill <laughs> like oh, over really? in Ontario uh, that that we know of and so so of course that's our one thing for our clothing company we're we're all local except our fabric has to come from China gotcha right so yeah, I, we we got to have this discussion afterwards because I we're we're really passionate about that as well um, and again it's just people listening to this remember that like you, some of your biggest growth is like literally from just getting um other contacts and figuring out it's it's really who you know right and i'm sure you know after exactly. you know eight exits uh, or however many exits you've been in that like it and growing um that there are just things you do not know right you don't know what you don't know yeah and there i mean i I've always been the understanding and you know, I was raised this way that every day you should do something to improve yourself. You're never going to get perfect, but you should always do something better. Yeah. So, you know, if you're working with a manufacturer, keep looking, it's not hard to, to make a couple of phone calls and see who else is doing something better. Uh, you know, read, learn about the industry a little bit more. I'm not from apparel. Uh, you know, yeah. before coming on here, I didn't really know anything about it. I go and my wife picks out the clothes. It's easy. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so let's let's talk about this relationship with Zulily because I'm really interested in this, and I, I think if there's some apparel brands listening to this, um, do do they actually do distribution? So like, are you sending stuff to? Oh to, yeah. Oh okay. So they have like their their own warehouses as well, and they're doing the the distribution for you. Kind of. It's a. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of like a modified dropship, I guess. So we have we have our own uh, base operations here just outside of Seattle. Yeah. Uh, so we have all our, all our inventory there. Uh, they'll run the they'll run the sale. We put up you know whatever it is that we want to sell. And and right now we're pushing towards more older apparel that we have uh, because we can't sell it at that lower demo, uh, lower price, which hits their demographic. Yeah. Uh, versus you know our our true made in America farm to hanger. It it's uh, it's a higher price point and it's not resonating as well as we would like. Yeah. So totally understandable. Different different uh, customer, I guess. 
Yeah, it, exactly. So, you know, you, you go to them, you say, all right, this is what uh, we're willing to sell it for. And they come back and negotiate with you. They want their margins and you just kind of negotiate back and forth. And then they, they put you up on, uh, you know, your initial sale, which is just you. So it'll just be your clothes on there. Uh, they push it pretty well. I mean, it, it's got a large distribution channel that they use. They have, e uh, e uh, sorry, email. Um, they have their social media channels, which uh, were shut down when our initial went out, which really Your sucked. social channels got shut down? They're, well, they shut theirs down because it was during all the riots and everything happening here. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, they did like so the they didn't want anything that could be, I mean, even remotely controversial. They just said, you know, we're sorry. I know we promised you, but it, it you know, no, it's just not going to happen. Uh, so we had to do a little more legwork ourselves and try to push uh, their, their uh, e-com site and their, you know, our presence on them yeah. uh, via our own uh, marketing channels. Uh, so it was a little, little learning curve. Uh, so then, you know, back to where I was, uh, anything that was purchased at the end of the sale. So they they run for three, four days, depending on what, you know, what you agree with. Uh, at the end of that, they'll send you all the orders. You ship them all in a, a single or however many boxes it takes. I mean, we had a, a bunch of boxes. They bring a truck, you load it up and, and then it's their problem. They, oh, I see. So you just give them the inventory. You're not, you're not actually shipping from like individual orders from your warehouse. No. Oh, uh, it's just a bulk order. Bulk. So basically they make a, a huge order and then they disperse it accordingly. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, crazy. See, you learn something new every single day, people. <laughs> Absolutely. Should always be learning. How, Shane, tell me, how does this work? Because this is super interesting to me. So how does this work with your e-com site versus Amazon versus Zulily? Like, like how, how do you make all of this work together? Like, are you selling, so you're obviously not selling the exact same things on each platform, are you? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Advertise it differently. Okay. So you know what kind of demographic Amazon is. You know what kind of demographic resonates uh, with our customer on our e-com site. Yeah. Our e-com site is more of a, a higher end look. It's a, a more of a, a learning site. Uh, and we're switching things around right now and pushing it more towards e-com selling because that's never really what the purpose was. It was more to pull in the stragglers who don't like Amazon. There's a large group of people who just don't want to buy off of them. Yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's getting bigger and bigger too. Right. Like exactly. So yeah. when they see the product, you have to make sure that they have a way to get it. Uh, so it was more geared towards them. Uh, we are switching a little bit, but that's what the primary was. Uh, but you have these different people. And as long as you know, you can sell them the same shirt, like this is just a gray tri blend. It has our logo on it and there's nothing, uh, that would change any demographic from wearing it. You just have to market it to them. So if it's, yeah. uh, more of a street look than it, of course, the, the accessories with it and the way that you advertise and the, uh, the tempo of the advertisement and the video that goes along with it is going to be different than a high end buyer who's going to be more of, you know, a penthouse look wanting to be clean, but uh, more of a business. Yeah. So we hit each individual with different marketing plans. Cool. I love it. As a marketing guy, I'm like, yes, yes, this is so good. We, we talk about this uh, on the podcast and, we, and something that we've done with our clothing brand and, and brands that we've worked with as well. It's just like repackaging um, items, right? That like, especially when you have like, you know, when we hear about this, this like really like evil practice of getting rid of $3 billion worth of clothing, there's got to be better ways to get rid of that clothing than just dumping it in a landfill 
and all of that stuff seeping into our earth, right? There's yeah. gotta be better ways. So like repackage it. And it's not just so that you can be more profitable, right? It's so that you, it's just the right thing to do, right? Well, even if you don't think about how much, I mean, you know the company and think of how much they're paying in taxes. Yeah. If yeah. you donate that $3 billion, you, you get even a larger write-off from that because you can write off the MSRP of the apparel. Yeah, so it's right. getting that out there to homeless, to people that have been uh, hit really hard. I mean, especially right now, people are really uh, hit with COVID, uh, you know, environmental disasters, anything happening right now, you could come out as the hero. Yeah, yeah, you really could instead of like, because I imagine the the thought from from the board is like, well, no, that's going to damage our brand, right? If we give away these clothes, that's going to damage our brand. It's going to put too much of this fast fashion out into the marketplace and people aren't going to buy from us. I, I don't think that's the case. I really don't. I think that you can do right um, and protect your brand and be profitable. Um, and it's all about the marketing. I mean, it's, yeah. it's how you present it. If you just throw it out there trying to hide it, and if you just donated it as, you know, under the radar, then yes, people are going to start seeing it. And they're going to be like, what is going on here? But if you make a deal out of it and you go out there and say, look at us, look how we're helping. Yeah, you know, our, our practices aren't great. You know, it's not the cleanest, but, you know, we're doing what we can. Uh, our customer demands a certain price point in order to do that, X, Y, and Z. And until the, the market changes, this is how we're going to, have to move forward, but we can offset that. And in offsetting that, you can donate to, I mean, like we were talking about, people that are, are uh, hurting right now, people that are hurting with COVID, people that are hurting with uh, different environmental disasters happening right now. You can help them, you can clothe them, and you can market that as an incredible PR experience where people are gonna go, wow, I want that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, let's talk about some other things that you're doing to try to change um, the way that fashion is done and, and uh, for, for lack of a better term, like green up what's, what's going on. How, how else do you guys uh, differ from, from the big boys? Uh, well, one thing that we do, so you know, as much as possible, of course, but in some instances that you can't get, you know, the best. So one of the things that we have is a lifetime guarantee of the garment, which depending on the garment is roughly around five years. Uh, and we want to make sure that it lasts and it, it, it still looks good. Well, to do that, you do have to put certain treatments in it. Yeah. Uh, they're not nearly as bad as the, the, you know, real toxic dyes that are out there, but you do have to treat them. You know, you have to make them last long. It, it, if it's a natural, complete natural product, it'll break down. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah. that's how it works. When you wash it and everything. Uh, so we offset that by planting a tree. We work with uh, AmericanForest.org, uh, and we help them to buy everything. Everything that's purchased, uh, we donate a dollar, which that dollar converts into one tree. Uh, and they are specific with our agreement in America. So things that are being, you know, fires that we were talking about earlier. Uh, yeah. I think it was offline though. Uh, yeah. Anything from landslides. Uh, anything happening for an ecological change, they go in there and they plant trees there. It of course, you know, helps with oxygen levels. It helps with the soil integration, uh, creates more of a foundation versus, you know, being uh, just runoff. I mean, after fire, a lot of rain, it's all gonna be runoff. You need to, yeah. to put something in there that's gonna hold things in place. Uh, so to offset our, you know, 
as everyone says, our carbon footprint, yep. uh, which it's a lot more than that, but we want to make sure that we're doing more of that. So if we, uh, you know, we use this much, we want to make sure we're doing this much. We want to make sure that we're yeah. coming back and doing better than, than we were, than anybody else's that we can find. And if they're doing better, I call them. What are you guys doing? How are you doing it? Let me know. Yeah. And you just yeah. keep learning. It's the same thing as you learn. You call people, you find out different aspects. What are you doing? How can you help? Okay. Well, we're working with this company and they're, you know, giving us X, Y, and Z. And then you just keep moving and get better and better. And that's the whole point and purpose. Every time we, we uh, manufacture a new product, we come out and do something different. Yeah. Whatever the case, it's something different, something better, and you improve each time. And yes, you do get a little bit different product because, you know, the natural dyes change. They're natural. Yeah. I mean, think of it. If you buy a natural wood desk, you're never going to get the same one. Yeah. You know, the grains are good. Everything is, it changes a little bit but you're still getting a premium product and it still looks really good. It's awesome. This is great. I, I really enjoy hearing, uh, yeah, hearing what you guys are doing and it's getting my, my wheels turning in my head too of like, Oh yeah, we can do better, right? Like we, we can do a lot better. Um, especially like for the environment, right? Because we're in this industry that's such a pollute, uh, pollutant to the world. Um, Shane, I, I got to ask you the question that I ask everybody, what is your secret to scaling? And, and I think that <laughs> I imagine that, you know, you've, you've got it, um, after all of these exits and being in different industries, what, what is that one thing, um, that really allows you to scale? Uh, well, it's, it's changed with COVID. I mean, before it's always been, you know, you just, Keep the process. I always make sure, uh, I mean, clouds and weeds is what I always tell my guys. You have to step out of the weeds and you have to get up and get the overview of see where things are going, find out what the, where the goals are. And everyone, anyone worth their salt in business has a goal, right? Yeah, of course. The problem is people don't really break it down into steps. Okay, well, I want to get to $100 million in sales. Okay, how? What do you do? Well, I don't know. It, yeah. It'll come to me. No, break it down. What do you have to do? What are the steps involved? How are you going to grow? Uh, is it because you're stuck on, you know, a certain demographic? Is that demographic maxed out? Uh, is it a region? Are you going strictly for a certain region? And that is, is uh, maxing out your flow because you're not going to get 100% saturation in a demographic. Uh, you're going to have a certain amount of people. And that's just, you know, how people's opinions are. They like certain things and other people like other things. Yeah. So you have to grow with that and, and change the marketing. Okay, well, let's say we're maxed out at you know a certain demographic, but we have a lot of apparel that, that fits in that. How can we tweak that a little bit and tweak the advertising to hit another demographic totally. and make sure that you're separated? So when you're targeting, you don't want the same people to see two different ads. You want to make sure that you're targeting them specifically using, of course, machine learning and AI uh, so that you can really pinpoint your customer instead of just a broad stroke. Uh, you can turn people off. So if, if somebody is expecting a high-end brand uh, and they see more of a street look for it, they're going to be turned off and say, no, that's, that's not me. That's not what I want. That's not what yeah. I'm going to be associated with. So you have to separate them appropriately. Uh, and it's, it's just a matter of, of really just driving. You have, you know, you have your goals, you have your, your lineage of what you're expecting from the company, and you're going to always hit a stumbling block. Now, is that going to set you back or are you going to figure out a way to drive forward? And it's resourcefulness. How are you going to do that? Mm. You know, make some calls. I always say ask. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. 
So you call people, you know, that are doing it. You call the manufacturers. Hey, you know, we're stuck at this level and I need some help getting forward. Uh, you know, you guys aren't the best at, you know, whether it be, let's say jackets, because, you know, different apparel, whether it be shirts or pants or whatever the case may be, they're, they're geared, their machinery is tooled a certain way. It, it's, it's for, you know, what they're the best at. And it could be t-shirts, it could be, you know, Henleys, it could be, you know, jackets or bags or whatever the case may be uh, moving forward. Uh, and reach out to them, find out who's doing what's, you know, what's best in that arena. Like, I mean, we're unapologetically, our bags are made overseas. Okay. Yeah. You know, we can't get them made in America at a price that you can actually sell. It's, it's not going to happen. Uh, the bags that we have are, are very thick material. They're very well made. Uh, I mean, we've tested them a lot. They're great zippers and everything. And in order to make it here, it was coming in at about $75 a bag. Manufacturing cost, not happening. Yeah, I mean, any, anybody in the industry knows so that's to, like literally impossible. Like if you're gonna wholesale that, quadruple that price. Exactly, it's not happening. <laughs> no one's, gonna, so, no one's but, gonna buy a $300 bag. Yeah, well, you'd be surprised, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some people will. <laughs> Not, not our demographic yet. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we went over, uh, and thankfully we had connections, uh, through some people that we work with that, you know, they had manufacturing plan overseas that, you know, they had the, the fair wages, they had the fair practices. Yeah. Uh, they used renewable energy sources and they did the best that they can do in that arena. So the non-toxic dyes and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's just doing a little bit more legwork. It's making sure that things are better. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of been our, our, uh, our secret is, you know, yeah, we want to keep everything made in America and that's the goal of it. Not always possible. Yeah. All right. We are going to move on to our lightning round here. Uh, what is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now, Shane? Uh, be honest, probably LinkedIn. I mean, I, uh, I get so many connections through LinkedIn. I'll reach out. Uh, to people that you would really just never think would uh, take anyone's uh, phone calls. And I mean, I've been getting in places that you wouldn't believe. Uh, everything from massive Fortune 100, 500 companies, uh, different manufacturers across the globe, uh, especially here in the U.S. Uh, besides that, for my team would be Slack. Uh, we have people spread out throughout America, and it's great to be able to connect to them in real time. We can share ideas. We can share uh, different advertisements that were wanting to go to market with uh, uh, different PR responses and just keep going with that. It's, it's great. It's, it's, uh, it's been a lifesaver. Yeah. Especially in COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Slack, Slack is incredible. Actually, I just had a guest that I interviewed right before you um, that had a great use of, um, of Slack. He's uh, found a zap from their review program that puts that zaps the reviews into a Slack channel, um, customer reviews. And I thought, that is so brilliant. I never thought about that use for Slack so that your whole team, every team member can see every review that comes in. Um, I just thought I'm like, ah, oh, another great use for Slack. <laughs> I mean, there's like hundreds of them already and, and we just found one more. So <laughs> um, on the, on the LinkedIn side, Absolutely. yeah, on, on the LinkedIn side, like if, if you're a business owner and you are not on LinkedIn, like get on now. Um, LinkedIn is like still, I feel like in its infancy, but like you have access to people. I mean, we, we connected on LinkedIn. I'm pretty sure that's where, where we first connected. Yeah. And 
and you get access to people and people are just regular people, right? And, and if business owners are going to spend any time on social, most likely it's going to be on LinkedIn. Um, and it, you know, if you have something to offer, uh, people will, they'll talk and they want to, they want to have like genuine connection. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend LinkedIn. It's not just for, for getting jobs, you know, like there's so much more that goes on there. No, definitely. Yeah. There is a, I mean, it's limitless, uh, and people underutilize it. They think it's just like you're saying for jobs or they think it's just for, you know, to connect to different individuals, but they really don't, uh, connect to them. It's just, you know, add them on. Uh, yeah. but yeah. you need to be able to, to utilize that network. I mean, I have, I forgot the total number, 27,000 something first connections. And it's great. I mean, every industry that I can possibly think of, I have some connection there. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. That's a lot of connections, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really don't know how that, that came about. I just, you know, I pretty much add everybody unless you, uh, start spamming me. It's good to go. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's great. Great stuff. Uh, Shane, what's your favorite podcast that you're listening to right now? Uh, you're probably not gonna like it, but I actually am not a huge podcast guy. I no, do that's a lot a, of audio books. Uh, I love reading. I do a lot of reading. Uh, but I haven't really gotten too much into podcasts. Yet. Well, let's talk book. Let's talk books. And what, uh, what's something that's been impactful recently for you? Uh, one that I'm actually reading right now, which has been, I mean, it really comes across like it's, it's uh, written for this time. Uh, it's actually from the last downturn in uh, 2012, 20, well, 2008 to 2012, uh, Leadership in the Era of Economic Uncertainty mm. by uh, Ram Sarana. Awesome. We'll throw that in the show notes. Wait, can, can you give me a little overview of that? It just talks about uh, how to lead a team in, in a big downturn. Uh, and it, it's definitely from a point of view of a, uh, uh, a larger company. So it's going to be the Fortune 100, Fortune 500 company. But it, it's scalable. The advice is scalable to any industry uh, and any size company. It talks about you know, when you should internalize uh, you know, different offerings, how you should, should uh, you know, tighten up your supply chain and uh, you know, your, your, uh, offerings should be much less during this time. Make sure that the, you're focusing on the highest profitability, yeah. uh, a lot in cash is king. Uh, it's just a really good guide for in really un, uneven times, you know, with everything happening with the, you know, the market going up and down and all around and who knows what's going to happen. And, uh, I don't know if you guys are shut down up there, but I mean, things are not open down here yet. There's nobody really going into stores, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or getting out of their house. You know, we go for walks with the kids. Uh, but as far as going out to restaurants, you know, it's, it's takeout. There's yeah. only a couple of them that are open and it's hard to get in because, you know, they're only allowed to have a couple people in the whole restaurant. Yeah. Incredible. What, a, what an incredible time we're living in right now. Yeah. I'm sure people have said this over the, the centuries, but like, this is just, uh, I don't know. This is just such a weird time for us right now. Um, Very Shane, much so. Are you guys I, shut down like that there or no? What, what, say that question again? Jordan, you there? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm there. Sorry, sorry, everyone. We've right. we've had some technical difficulties today. If you're listening, uh, we'll we'll keep this part in here just because we've we've had so many technical difficulties. It's a stormy day uh, in the Pacific Northwest. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. We we actually are. Uh, we're in what's called stage three right now. So um, restaurants are open. Um, at limited capacity. I think it's about three quarters capacity right now. And schools are open. Um, fortunately, in BC right now. So. Um. That's, uh, it I'm feels like all, almost back to normal life here. <laughs> well, that's good. For, that's much better than we're doing down here. I mean, I can't wait for the kids to get back in school. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, we, I mean, we dealt with that from March on. So uh, we definitely, yeah, definitely empathize with you. Um, I, I've got one more question for you, Shane. Uh, if you could sit down for an hour with anyone and have a coffee or a beer or a glass of wine with them, who would that be? Uh, I mean, it sounds, it sounds like you're the kind of person that, that could probably find them and, and do that, <laughs> to be honest with, with, with after meeting you. So I, I'd love yeah, to hear who's, who's that person. Uh, it would be a tough one. Either, uh, Bezos or Trump. I mean, yeah. 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 Very, two, yeah. Two very in- interesting individuals. I feel like you'd have a pretty good chance with Bezos being in uh, Seattle. <laughs> uh, he's. He's kind of pulled back a little bit, uh, but I'm not going to stop trying. Yeah, I'd love to pick his brain a little bit and, you know, the process of how he created everything. And you know, most people, you know, know that it started as a bookstore and it was really just the uh, technological advances that he did, which was came into, you know, two-day shipping that really changed the way that e-commerce is in the, in the world. I mean, it literally changed the world. And I'd love to pick his brain on, on how he did it and what his thought process was and, uh, you know, capitalizing upon, you know, ideas. What's the next iteration of? Totally. We're, we're all standing on Jeff Bezos's shoulders right now as well, right? Like, oh yeah. Uh, even, you know, if you're just a brand that's just straight direct to consumer on Shopify, you still have Jeff Bezos to think, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. It's a different world we live in now because of him. So, um, yeah. Yeah. For those of us that are uh, old enough to, to remember, I mean, there was no e-com before Amazon. There was nothing, you know, yeah. Some companies sold, you know, X, Y, and Z. Uh, but no, it was, it was very few and far between uh, shipping times were very slow and it kind of took away the, the experience of, you know, people want what they want. And if you purchase something and it's three weeks to get probably unless you get an incredible deal is not going to happen. No, you're going to go to the store and you're going to get it. Now, yes, things have changed with COVID, but that's kind of how things were at the time. And then once he came out with, you know, this secondary shipping, what is that about? You know, can it actually work? People give it a little try, see that it works, and then that's their go-to. I mean, I got to be honest. Our, <laughs> our groceries, our everything is Amazon. We click a couple buttons and it's at my front door. I love it. <laughs> and that was before COVID. That's just how we do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the world we live in. Uh, Shane, I, I had such a great conversation with you. Um, I feel like I've, I've made a new friend here and I just really want to thank you so much for your time. Yeah, same here. It's been a great chat and uh, we should definitely follow up. Totally, totally. Uh, Shane, where can people find out more about you? Uh, LinkedIn.com slash Shane Boudreau uh, or LumberUnion.com. 
Uh, you can come and check out our uh, great apparel. We're also, of course, on Amazon. It's uh, amazon.com slash lumber union. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to put all of those in the show notes and uh, I'm sure our listeners would love to visit you there. So uh, thank you again so much for your time. And uh, again, people were so sorry for the technical difficulties, but uh, I think this will all come together really nice. You'll be like, what technical difficulties? It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely been spotty at best for uh, internet connection. <laughs> totally. Well, thanks again, Shane. Yeah, thank you. Before we end, we just wanted to ask a couple of favors from you. If you enjoyed this podcast, can you please share it with your friends and leave us a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts? That would really help. Also, we have an amazing new free resource for you guys. It's marketing calculators. It'll help you figure out what your break-even return on ad spend is and more. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash marketing dash calculator to find out more. Have a great week.